Welcome to Asset Management Group's private client-only podcast with Andrew Nida and Mo Param. Welcome to the first podcast in the month of October. It is Andrew Nida, Moise Param here, and we are so excited to enter into not only the month of October, but also the last quarter, officially starting the last quarter of the year. Fourth quarter, here we go. My hat's hard to believe. Holiday season's like right around the corner. No, we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We're, we're here. officially here. We should get an official vote as to when it's appropriate to begin to uh, put out decorations. Well, it depends on the holiday. If you come to the office and you see Christmas lights in the month of, is it October? Oh, first week in November, maybe? That's the soonest, I would say. Just so you know, if it's too soon for you, it came at a 10% discount. So we're just making good financial decisions. That's See, it. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the person who doesn't like to skip holidays. I'm so, the person who wants to save the money. So we're going, we're, going, we're going with a discounted rate on the Christmas but, lights. But I think the first week of November is kind of like unofficially, let's go ahead and put some lights put some lights on. Well, as much as I love the, w- the week of Thanksgiving, because all the things that go with it, we should just be thankful all the time. So Thanksgiving is kind of just in the air. Should be always, but for sure from this point going on. So Christmas lights, you know, it's my favorite. They're just happy lights. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I don't want to see a tree up. Okay, let's get to to more important things like uh, how about the big win by Georgia and the annihilation of Florida? It was awful, awful. Kentucky's Kentucky's had our number for a while. For a while, Kentucky. Listen, Kentucky to me is like the the the. you better watch out for them. You do. You know, we play them coming up, and then I think Alabama has them at home. They're no, sneaky. No, in Kentucky. They're sneaky. Oh, yeah, they may get you. Yeah, so, but we pulled out a win against Auburn. Thankful for that. Falcons lost, but but we give a little bit of credit to Trevor Lawrence because he was the winner, yeah. and he's from our hometown, so why not? That's right. Well, props to him. Um, I'm, up, uh, I'm up 26 points in my fantasy league, so we'll see. I don't even know if that's good or bad. That's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here you go. I hear my sons talk about it. I'm like, I don't even know. Seems like too much to deal with. So anyway, uh, but no, it's a good week. And, and just one, one thing we like to throw out there, a few things before we get hot and heavy on the show is, you know, Mo and I had the opportunity, and we always are super thankful to our team for working hard and giving us the opportunity to attend, um, you know, specific events that we choose to go to throughout the year. And we were actually in California a good part of last week. Um, and, and thankful to have that time to get away with our team working so hard and diligent throughout the week to allow us to escape. But, um, what an incredible week listening to, uh, number one, some incredible speakers, right. uh, including, uh, you know, one of the chief investment officers there at Charles Schwab. That was yeah, amazing. Liz- Lizanne Saunders, uh, great, sharp, so sharp. Oh, she is so uh, intelligent and, you know, answered every question that we, we threw at her. And yeah, just gave her opinion and her thoughts on where the market has been and where it's where she sees it going from everything from interest rates to uh, just the market overall. Uh, main management uh, put the put the seminar together, but and you know had the opportunity to speak with you know uh, Kim Arthur, who is the chief investment officer for Main Management, and mm-hmm. you know it's just interesting to see how you know where we've come. And how far we've come in the uh, since last year, right? You know, uh, S and P down almost twenty percent, Nasdaq down th- over thirty percent, 
and to see just where the market has been and has gone this year. But still, I mean, I was looking at, actually, I was just looking at, you know, how the market has done since then, and we're still in negative territories. So even as great as, as interesting as the market has been this year, you know, we're still crawling our way out of 22. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to come back to Liz for a second, I mean, being that she is the managing director and chief investment strategist at Charles Schwab, I felt like to sum it up really short, we won't have time to go through all of it, but her outlook was fairly positive, you know, in regards to the economy overall from this point going forward. So she made the comment of rolling recession. Yeah, that was interesting. And I, and I, and I feel like it's, I agree with her from that perspective. It, it, you know, I think some some of the statements we heard was that the recession has already happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, some pretty, uh, if you want to call it an optimistic perspective, is that you know some of that worse, if you will, is behind us. Um, the rolling recession concept, I think, was totally applicable. Yeah, you know, maybe we don't experience this, uh, you know, sharp volatile range outside of 2022. Maybe it's this just like rolling sluggish challenging, you know, in regards to like output and cost uh, world that we're going to live in for for a little while. This thing just gets stretched out and elongated. And I think if you go back to some of our podcasts toward the beginning of the year, we we made those statements several times that we perceive this thing as being a little bit of, you know, kind of like a slow bleed, mm-hmm. a painful thing that we're going to deal with for, for a while. And so um, I think, you know, Lizanne also mentioned a few things about when they perceive we might experience the first pivot in interest rates. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think uh, she was saying that we're more likely to see at least one more rate hike. Right. And their forecast on a, on a rate pivot or a rate cut would be what summertime, I think she said of next year. So maybe Q2, Q3, I think probably more accurate. Right. So, and that kind of speaks to her concept of this rolling, uh, recession, you know, that we're going to, because it's so slow, the feds are going to be slower in their reaction to the data. And of course, you know, it takes so much time for a lot of this information to become living and breathing throughout the economy. So I think, uh, I think she's got something there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when she talked about, you know, investing in, in this climate that we're in right now, her, her advice, well, I don't say her advice, but her thoughts were more, they're looking at quality quality and value when it comes to, you know, where they put the money in, where, where they're putting in uh, and where they're investing, you know, looking for companies that have good free cash flow um, that, um, you know, that, that are, that have stability with dividend yields. I mean, there, she's just looking more for value and quality when it comes to investing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But good trip. And, and once again, thank you guys. Thanks. Big thanks to our team. Uh, for working so hard and allowing us to have these opportunities to get away and, and really live life with some of the investment firms and strategists that we deal with on a day in and day out basis. So tremendous trip. Now on to the most, I guess the most important conversation of the week. It's time for the bull bear market minute. You're absolutely right. It is time for the Bull Bear Minute. Is that an applause? Oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> oh, the that's studio n- audience. Oh, I love us. the studio audience. Man, we're <laughs> packed in here. Everybody watching us. No, um, 
yeah, the bull bear minute. Listen, we thought about taking a little bit more of a broader scope on this week's podcast for the important market conversation because uh, because we're starting a new quarter. We thought we could do kind of a a Q3 and review, if you will. So here's some important things that we've experienced over the last quarter. Number one, consumer spending slowed uh, to 0.4% on a month to month in in August. Um, incomes were also up 0.4%, which, you know, in all honesty, was both of those are kind of in line with expectation. Uh, core PCE, the Fed's preferred inflation measure, came in at 0.14% month to month and a 3.9% year over year, which was below expectation. The final reading for Q2 2023 GDP was unchanged, which is interesting because I feel like they always put out this information and then go back and alter it a few yeah. weeks later when it, when it's bypassed the, uh, when it's bypassed the headlines. It's the revisions that you really have to, in my opinion, pay attention to. But nobody reads them. But no one reads them because they're <laughs> off to the next one. Yeah, you get the headline and then that's the conversation and they make the revisions the week later. But no, I thought this was pretty interesting though. The final reading for, once again, Q2 2023 GDP was unchanged and remained at 2.1%. Consumer spending was revised down to just 0.8. Smallest gain since Q1 of 2022. GDP deflator measure of inflation slowed to 1.7, smallest gain since Q2 2020, obviously a very supporting uh, fact with the battle against inflation. Um, durable goods orders came in above expectation at 0.2% month over month. Core capital goods jumped 0.9%, biggest gain since August of 2022. And on an absolute basis, durable good orders are at historical or historically elevated levels, while core goods hit a new high. Um, just kind of a macro, if you will, uh, look back over Q3. Mo, you ready? Yeah, yeah. You know, and if we, you know, take all that into consideration, how has the market performed? You know, year to date, we're looking at Nasdaq still leading the leading the way at over thirty, about thirty four and a half percent. S and P five hundred about just shy of twelve, and you know, even looking at the fixed income market down 3% for, for the year. So the interesting part is still is that the S&P equal weighted index is negative for the year. So, uh, you know, you have the S&P at 12. You got to say that again, because that was, do you have the chart that, um, that, that we, we were presented this past week about the year to date returns with the equal weighted equal weighted? Yeah, I don't have the chart, but I, I'm pretty sure it's down point. 0.2% give or take uh, that the, the equal weighted S&P is. And so if, for those who don't know, really quick, the S&P 500 that everyone knows is a market market cap weighted index. So the bigger the capitalization is um, the that the company has, the larger impact it has on the index movement. So for instance, your mega caps like your Apples, your Amazons, your NVIDIAs, you know, they are with respects to their industry, the big dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Trillion plus companies. Well, they have a larger impact on the capitalization of their, of their industry than say a company that's worth, you know, 3 billion, even 4 billion. Now those are still large companies. Don't get me wrong. A $4 billion company is still a large company, but when you compare it to a trillion dollar company, it's small potatoes. So the S and P 500, most people know, again, it's a market weighted index. But then there's also the S&P equal weighted index. Uh, I think the ticker symbol is RSP. 
And that is a basically a true value in the sense of no no one company has a bigger impact on the move on the movement of the index. And so Apple basically has the same type of measurement, if you want to call it, than the company 500. Well, that index is negative for the year. Yeah, it's incredible. So basically, if you take away, they've called it the Magnificent Seven, which is the large mega cap companies mm-hmm. uh, out of the S&P 500, we're looking at a flat, if not a loss, if not a loss, loss, kind of that large cap space that we're in right now. Yeah, which is obviously an interesting place to be from an investor's standpoint, because, you know, obviously we're focused on diversification. And when you're diversifying, you got to keep in mind that seven companies are carrying the majority of the performance of the overall S&P 500. And if you're not owning predominantly those seven companies, then you're missing out in what you're going to envision as the S&P 500 return. Right. So it is. Yeah, it's an incredible market that we're living in right now. It's been this way actually for for a few years. Um, but yeah. yeah you know, stocks entered, uh, are entering October with two consecutive down months. So in the third quarter, NASDAQ fell 4%, S&P fell 3.6, and Dow Jones fell about 2.8%. So really, really choppy waters we're we're entering in, and uh, you know the the hope, luckily the government shutdown was averted, um, so we we're seeing a little bit of uh, market. Well, when the market opened to this morning, uh, we saw a little bit of favor favorable uh, numbers, but now you know, as we're recording, S and P Dow Jones is still negative, Russell two thousand gold negative, crude oil down. Uh, only thing leading the charge is uh, NASDAQ as of this moment right now. Yeah. So jump over to income and spending um, in the release was the personal savings rate. And this is pretty interesting. It, it And as expected, dropped to 3.9% from 4.1% in the month of July, uh, which is the lowest since December of 2022, as it's continued to come down over the course of this last year. Um, you know, for me, the concern here is that people are, they're just eating into their savings, right? That's what we're seeing. The cost of living, which we have preached and, and are going to continue to preach, mindful spending, okay? Mindful spending. Um, I'll give you some tips on what I did over the month of September. But um, but yeah, it, it is vitally important that we keep an eye on our spending and that we don't use our emergency fund as just the buffer to justify our ability to continue a lifestyle that we can't afford. If you can't afford it, quit trying to make a change in the spending. And I think that's key here uh, with some of this data that's coming out on the income and spending side. Another thing I'll throw out there is uh, core PCE, the Fed's preferred inflation measure. Um, We saw a 0.14% month-to-month increase in the month of August, below expectation for a 0.2% reading, and the lowest since November 2020. Obviously, their efforts reflecting over the past 12 months in that statistic. Uh, On a year-over-year basis, core PCE fell to 3.9%, the lowest since May of 2021. And revisions to the data had the peak in February 2022 move up to 5.6%, which suggests that disinflation since then has been dropping a bit faster than previously thought. So seeing a lot of that information begin to trend and continue to trend in the right direction, but I still believe, as I mentioned earlier, along with Liz, that a future rate hike is very well in the books, potentially before the end of the year, maybe one more. You got anything to add to that, Mo? Yeah, no, no. That's that's 
no, the, the, the last part of his future rate hikes is, you know, I think the conversation has pivoted to more of a, you know, higher for longer mm-hmm. versus, you know, uh, conversations about rate, uh, rates dropping. I think we're going to be in the season of just, we'll just be in higher rates for a longer period of time. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'll mention last week, and then we'll get off the topic on the, on the econ side, new home sales dropped oh, yeah, 8.7% in the month of August, mm-hmm. which was way below the forecast. Um, honestly, it's the, I think it's the biggest decline in almost a year, like 11 or 12 months. Um, so, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. I think that's, that's also something that everybody's kind of expecting to see a pullback in, in real estate pricing. Um, I think the, the, the conversation floating through between analysts and strategists that look at the real estate space from a macro level, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any fear that we're going to experience any type of decline in real estate pricing similar to the Great Recession. Right. That there'll be obviously some type of pullback, um, but locally and regionally, that could be different. You know, so a lot of these statistics that we may throw out there are nationwide. When you drill down to the suburbs of Atlanta, uh, keep in mind that that may be very different. Pricing of homes may hold stable just because of the pressure in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and also with the interest rates, right? Only about 15% of mortgages are adjustable at this time right now during 05 and 06 75 percent were adjustable yeah so you have a lot of uh, mortgages now that are just locked in and i think it's like don't quote me on it but i think it's like 75 or 80 percent of mortgages currently right now are uh, below five percent that's great so even though that we're seeing you know 30 year at set 30 year at 7.35 or 7.4 the majority of the mortgages out now are still at what I would say historically, historically reasonable rates right now. Yeah. Right. Which puts people in a good, in a good position. Don't want to move, you know, don't want to move. Right. Not, not going to put their house on the market. Right. Yeah. I was going to say something real quick about a personal, uh, just something that I put in place in the month of September. You know, we've talked about spending and just being mindful of your cash flow, respectful of your ability to create income. And, um, I decided to, you know, of course I have the spreadsheet budget, but, you know, being more locked into my spending, I decided to every morning work through any transaction that was outside of my budget. So, so I have a what does um, it mean work through any transaction? <laughs> basically, write it down <laughs> and accept it mentally. No, you would be shocked, okay? Because when I say work through, that's a great question. Um, I give you, I give you a perfect example. We stopped. Uh, so, me and my son Benjamin and his buddy. Uh, finished up a uh, their their competition golf game. They they played for the middle school team, and so they had a match. We finished up. It was probably like seven thirty eight o'clock, and Amy was with the other boys at football. And so I thought, you know, I'll just swing by and get them something to eat. Well, on the way, we decided not to go fast food, something quick and cheap or inexpensive, which fast food's expensive now too. We decided to go get wings, and us three stopped eight. And it cost us over $60. What? Yeah. Yeah. Did Ben have a beer? No. <laughs> right, right. Uh, to, be honest, to be honest with you, I didn't even have a beer. $60? $60. $60. We had chips and salsa and then wings. That's it. 
three people, $60. And so when I'm talking about working through it, you know, that, that was not in our budget. Right. Right. So the next morning I'm working through this and I was disappointed. I'm like, that was stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that, not that we don't want to go and enjoy and have our time. Right. But if I was going to reserve resources to a time where I wanted to go enjoy going out to eat, I feel like that was a waste of the resource, mm-hmm. you know? And so just, uh, you know, being, allowing those, your, your, your lifestyle expenses to, you know, really just resonate with you right. post the thing, instead of just having all these transactions where you kind of forget about it, you know, you kind of go, you kind of have to go look back through and you're like, what did I spend that money on? Right. You know? And, and then it's kind of like a lost cause at that point. Yeah. And it makes you, I would say it would probably make you mindful for that day. You say, you know what? I just spent 60 bucks on wings yesterday. I'm probably not going to do X, Y, Z today or be mindful of it. Well, and the volume, you know, the volume of transactions, wife's going one way, I'm going the other. We got kids, practices, all this stuff right here. So, you know, just the the minimal, um, minute cost of swinging by a gas station to get a bottle of water before practice. Right. Right. Just after you look at them consistently, you realize, okay, well, no, that's not a big deal, but it's a big deal if you're doing it every day for before practice. Right. You know, so just to reminding the kids, hey, listen, if you don't bring your bottle of water, you ain't drinking water, <laughs> period. Like get your crap together. Yeah. yeah you know, so I, anyway, I just, totally uh, it. you know, a good exercise. It did. It doesn't take, you know, I, I try to read every morning. It takes me when I get done reading probably five minutes, pull up the bank account, and then I just jot down those expenses. And at the end of the month, me and Amy sit down and we and we look them over. So um, I haven't figured out how to do that successfully yet. I'll let you guys know when that when I get there. Step by step. Yeah, yeah a little bit. just one step at a time. So the month of October is our focus on taxes. Oh, real quick, before you do that, oh, if anyone decides to do that, let us know. Let us know what you find out about your spending. Uh, anything good, anything bad, anything eye-opening. If you end up doing this challenge, and I'll do it. You know what? It's fresh month. I'll I'll do it this month, and I'll report back to you, to everyone um, in November. But I would love if anyone can join the challenge of just, what do you call it? Working through every morning. Working through, working your, through transactions. your transactions. And let's just all get a report uh, November. Go ahead. That's a, That's great. I love that. So... Maybe we maybe we create a competition over it. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, the month of October, we're going to go through four weeks focused on tax, tax, just tax conversation. Um, and and because this show's already been long, we're gonna we're gonna start next week with with the the, the subject lines of what we're gonna hit, the topics we're gonna hit. It's gonna be very important. Please stay with us because because we're talking about preparing before the end of the year things that need to be done, things that you need to be mindful of, those type of just great quality things that you need to have in your tool belt there. Um, and then the other thing that I want to kind of a housekeeping item on tags I want to throw out there. A new thing that we have figured out with Charles Schwab is that they naturally default the withholding on your accounts. Meaning that as of today, and we're still fighting back, kind of working through this, we don't have the ability here at our firm to change the federal withholding rates like we used to at TD Ameritrade. That is reserved within your dashboard on the consumer side. So as of right now, all withdrawals are withheld at that standard rate. But if we need to change it, we have to go through you, your login at Schwab Alliance, 
to be able to make that edit and that change. So um, that's just kind of food for thought for now. Yeah. And as we continue forward, we'll see if we can't make changes there. But of course, if you are getting systematic distributions, then by all means, if we need to make an adjustment, we need to do that together because we're going to have to log in through your dashboard to make that change. With that said, Mo, we got anything else? No, no, that's it. All right. Hey, guys, listen, hope uh, you have a fantastic week. Um, let us know if you need anything. We are uh, back in the grind. Thanks again for giving us the, the few days break last week to, to go out and, and enjoy a trip with one of our strategists and analysts. Uh, with that said, you guys take care. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or enter offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.